Okay, but anyway, this morning, um, uh, I want us to look at, uh, at healing because, you know, we hear about, matter of fact, you can't hardly say the word miracle without referencing, where'd that come from? Well, it was Jesus, right? And uh, miracles, they're not just out of the blue, you know, you never know, whatever. No, when you read the Bible, mercy's sake's alive. I, uh, our day should just be a miracle, like that's the reason I ask who's got a praise report, you know. I remember when Dustin was telling me last night when they were announcing first and second and third place, you know, oh, he was thinking, you know, I mean, I mean, he knew he did well, but he was in anticipation, but he was already thinking. And then, man, when they called his name, said he was second, it was like unbelievable, you know. Isn't that right? Yeah. He was, it was and, and if you saw the pictures of the guys, because his description, Phil, was David and Goliath. Look at these other guys. And Dustin was, you know, a good bit smaller than these other fellows. But praise the Lord. But the same thing's true um, in in our lives. You know, the Lord will just he's he's there to help you, and you talk yourself out of it if you uh, are not looking at the scriptures. Now, I want us to look at in Matthew chapter one just a moment. Matthew chapter one, you go, oh my gosh, this is so and so's son, and so and so's son, and so. Listen, this is a good thing. This is a track record. It's not a lie. Jesus actually was a descendant all the way back to, we say, verse 1 here, Abraham. If you go to Luke chapter 4, don't turn there, but Luke chapter 4, they take it from Abraham all the way back to Adam. And what do we do today? We get on Ancestor.com and we don't go, well, this is a lie, whatever. No, we look through this stuff and a lot of people have it down to a complete art and we know where you come from. So that's the reason this is in here. This is not in here because some people, as some folks say, I hear people tell this. They say, well, people were smoking dope when they wrote the Bible. Uh-uh. Your calendar's dated after his death and resurrection. Something happened. This guy was actually here. Okay. So we're not going to go through all these guys' names, but if you'll drop down to verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus was on this wise. In other words, it happened this way. When his mother, Joseph, was a spouse. We know what a spouse is. It just This is old English. It just means... She was engaged. Okay. Anyway, and Joseph, uh, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Okay, Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make a public example of her, was minded to put her away privately. That means he was going to get a divorce. Oh, my gosh. The father of Jesus was going to get a divorce. Let me tell you something. Divorce in the Scriptures is not the end of the world. Don't ever think uh, uh, you know, your life is over because you've had a divorce. If you go back to the end of Nehemiah, there was 108 divorces all at once in Nehemiah, the very last chapter. Three of them were priests. 17 of them just worked in the temple. You know, uh, I mean, I have the numbers right. One of them was a singer. They all went back to their functions, whatever. But see, today in the Bible Belt, this is the trouble. If you just listen to what people think about divorce and don't look at the scriptures, you'll go, I guess I'm just, I'm second class to God. Well, God must have picked a real loser here because Joseph was gonna—he was gonna have a divorce. We're gonna have a divorce here, buddy. You know, you, I thought you was my girlfriend, and you got a baby. Oh my gosh! Well, this is a character flaw in Joseph. No, it's not a character flaw in Joseph. So I just want you to see this. this we just cruise right on through this. So anyway, what happened? So anyway, notice what happened. While he thought on these things, behold, the angel, excuse me, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Well, we don't believe that. I mean, it's no such thing as angels. Listen, the Bible assumes you know there's angels, and there are. The, uh, the Bible's not saying, you know, I want to try here to see if I can convince people that there's angels. There's angels whether we believe it or not. Hebrews chapter 13 says that uh, we're supposed to be careful when we, when we 
visit new people. And I know everybody here, you know. I've only known Liam just a little while. But I think Mel's already figured out he's not an angel, you know, okay. But some of the people we run across that we only see for an hour or two or a few minutes or just for a fleeting second, you know, the Bible says many times they're angels. He didn't say, you know what, let's just throw this in there. Just, just make people feel better. There are angels. Boy, the stories of angels. And I teach entire messages. Go out to the website and go look and go look down through there and go listen to two or three of my messages on angels. It's just going to be stories in the scriptures about angels. It won't be neat little stories, whatever. You can add your neat little stories as you experience it, but you need to know there are angels in Cantabachu. And they're there on purpose. God has commanded them to do what? Protect you. Believe me, it's not about your skill as a driver, you know. Or skill of somebody else around you or whatever. Just keep the nuts off the road and I'll be all right. Let me tell you, the angels are there to keep you safe. And it's not just driving. Mercy sakes alive. we got other problems out there. And there's angels there to help. But anyway, so this angel said in a dream, he said, Hey, Joseph, hey, don't worry about her. Uh, take her as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She'll bring forth a son and you'll call his name Jesus. Now here's what I want you to see. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now, He's not referencing just going to heaven only. This is now in this life. And a lot of times when we feel sick and we don't feel very good, we're like, well, I, I got what I deserve because I've been such a klutz, you know. So it's probably why my arm doesn't work good. Probably why my vision's not good. Probably why I got a crick in my neck. You know, I wake up, ah, I don't dare want to ask the Lord to help me because, you know, I ain't been to church in years. You know, I, you know, you just go on and on and on and forget about the cross. Jesus died for your sins. Quit trying to put your the things that you're faced with, your difficulties, maybe it's financial or whatever. We're going to talk about healing this morning. And oh, God wants to make you well all the time, every day. Uh, before we go any further, let's go back to the book of Psalms here. Just, just kind of open your Bible to the very center of it, and you'll see the book of Psalms. If you have any difficulty, just ask your neighbor next to you. Maybe they know where it is, or just ask me. Uh, look down at Psalm 6. Now, this is David, okay? He was a king. He was not just some sort of guitar picker, you know, trying to be more heavenly-minded than any earthly good. He was the king of Israel. Israel today is the center attraction in the Middle East and just about all over the world. What's going on with Israel? Israel's got nukes. Well, Israel's neighbors are, neighbors are trying to get nukes. I mean, what's going on with Israel all the time? Well, anyway... A long time ago, this guy was king of Israel, okay? So he wasn't writing a funny book here. This is actually, when you see the word Psalms, it's really a prayer, okay? You read through all of them because there's not any guitar lyrics here. You can't say, hey, give me a second. I'm going to put this on the piano. There's no music. It's just the what? Lyrics. And you'll do the same thing. You'll hear a love song and you'll go, you know what? Let me tell you what, what I heard in the lyrics of this song. You won't go, hey, listen. No, you tell the lyric. And this is what you got. I love music too, but watch what he says here. Psalm 6, verse 1. Oh Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger. Well, first off, if God wants to rebuke you, you might as well just take it. Well, why did David say, hold up on that? <laughs> well, see, David deserved it. He knew it. But he wasn't going to say, I guess because I'm throwing up every two seconds, I'm not going to pray. I deserve to just throw up and just barf my head off. Or I deserve to have this splitting headache. I deserve. No, David didn't think he deserved it. He said, Lord, help. Look what he was doing. He said, rebuke me not in your anger, neither chasten me in your hot displeasure. 
have mercy upon me. Now remember the words of Jesus one time when he was confronted by the Pharisees and Sadducees and they were mad that Jesus was hanging out with tax collectors and, and sinners and the scum of the earth. And Jesus said, you need to go and learn something. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. But see, you and I as Christians, we put on our, our own little thinking about what God thinks. And we forget about His mercy. We go, gosh, I'm just, probably because I'm having financial trouble or probably because I'm hurting right now. And probably because my back is hurting, my foot's hurting, whatever. Something went wrong. You know, God's angry at me and I'm not going to ask Him to help me. Oh, what a mistake. Look what He does here. Help me, God. Watch what He says. He says, have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. Oh, Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. He went right to it, even though he knew, I'm not the best Christian, but I got your mercy. And that's what you want to do. You want to expect his mercy. Now, let's see what happens here. Does he really think he's going to get it? So he goes on, he says, return, O Lord. No, it's his verse 3. My soul is sore vexed, but uh, thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. Oh, save me for thy mercy's sake. Now, look at this. This was like must have been cancer. For in death there is no remembrance of thee. Apparently whatever he was having was so bad he was thinking, I might be going down for the count. <laughs> you know, he's a five, four, three. I mean, this is it. And he's saying, God, ain't going to do no good if I die. Boy, if we would learn to pray this way. Watch what happens. For in death there is no remembrance of thee. And in the grave who shall give thee thanks? I am weary with my groanings. All the night I make my bed to swim. I water my couch with tears. Mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxes old because of all my enemies. Notice in verse 8, he goes on, he says, and remember, this is about the end of it. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. Remember last week we looked at Hezekiah. Hezekiah was told by basically Jesus, said it was the prophet Isaiah. Prophet Isaiah comes in the Hezekiah's office. Hezekiah is just like King David. How you doing, Isaiah? Isaiah says, I got some bad news for you, king. What? You're going to die. Remember what Hezekiah did? He turned his face to the wall. Help me. And God did what? Added how many years? Trivial question. How many years did God give him? Remember? It was 15. What a bonus. And he was already an old timer anyway. 15 more years? Yeah, but it took a month. Uh-uh. Remember when Isaiah left? He no sooner closed that door and walked out. God said, go back in there. I've given him 15 more years. All right? Isaiah goes back in. Notice Isaiah didn't have a problem with it. Why? Because you should expect God to heal you. You should expect God to help you, whatever it is. And so Isaiah comes back in and says, Hezekiah, guess what? God just says, you got 15 more years. Oh, no, by the way, that army out there that's trying to attack you next week, you're going to annihilate them. Praise God. So watch what happens. He says, depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. The Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Praise God. Let all, the, let all my enemies be ashamed and sore vexed and let them return to be ashamed suddenly. Wow. Okay, now go back to Matthew. Okay, so they'll, he said that the, he, in a dream, Joseph, Jesus' dad, was told, hey, I'm telling you something, you're going to call him Jesus? Remember the word Jesus doesn't mean loser. Oh, loser. It means Savior. And don't label Savior as something that will work when you pass out of this life. It's Savior now. Because we're fixing to read one case after over, over and over and over again of what he does. So anyway, he'll save his people from their sins. Uh, let's go to the second chapter. 
Uh, let's see. Well, I want to skip the second chapter, but anyway, that's just when uh, <clears throat> when they had to fly off to uh, Egypt. There, let's go in the third chapter. And in the third chapter, let's. Uh, uh, I'm going down here now. Let's go to the fourth chapter. <clears throat> fourth chapter. Here we go. In the fourth chapter, <clears throat> look down here at verse. Uh, Let's start at verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And I must have a funny book. I, I can't believe what I'm reading here. Does yours read this? He's teaching in their synagogues. He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing. Mine says all. Does yours say just a few? Oh, there you go, Mike. Man, that's right. All manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Look at this. Among the people. And Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. Revelation 3 says He's this close to you right now. And He's only outside the door if we put Him outside the door. Written to a church, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And, he was, and, he, and the understood subject is you. It's individual. If any man will open the door, and this was written to Christians, but we have, in America, in our tradition, we have this for, this guy, needs he needs Jesus. Oh, that guy needs Jesus. Who needs Jesus is me this morning if my neck is hurting real bad. And I'm not even asked the Lord to help me. Or I thought, he probably don't need to do that because I was such a jerk yesterday. Or why would he want to do that? I'm, I'm all this, why does, why does Jesus, well, explain this. Mike just read it. How do you explain it? Why did, did Jesus pick and choose some of these? Surely there were some scoundrels in there, at least like me. Not too perfect, but I mean, you know, gee. You know, we can all go to church, but we can all still realize that, you know, you know, not just the greatest person in the world. And you can talk yourself out of the Lord's blessings. Or you can, or you can pick and choose. You can go, oh, I know God will heal me no matter what. Anytime I'm sick, He'll heal me. Trouble is, is that I know God doesn't love me enough to help me financially. It's the same faith. It's the same blessing. You're chopping it up. And you're saying the cross is not good enough for whatever it is you're having trouble with. Well, my cross is I never can pick a decent car. I keep getting lousy cars. Put it to prayer. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Your days of lousy cars are over with. Well, my trouble is I keep running out of gas. Where's your faith? I never have prayed about it. Oh, watch what happens when you start to pray. Praise the Lord. All right, anyway, back to this. So my Bible in yours too says he healed all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. You know, that's what Psalm 91 says. Psalm 91 declares that I don't care what disease is out there. It will not come nigh you. You say, well, I got sick anyway. Well, when you're sick, do what Psalm 6 says. Psalm 6 says, hey, God, heal me. You know? We just give up way too soon. Now watch what I'm here in verse 24. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people. You know, I thought we were talking about Jesus and the gospel and preaching. What's all this healing about? Well, see, if you're not feeling good, you don't much want to hear about Jesus. Every one of us this morning, if, you're, if you've got pain in your body, you're being distracted by that. And Jesus knows how to help you. You could be distracted by finances. You're just so worried about, how am I going to make it next week? I don't know what I'm going to do because I've got financial. Blah, blah, blah. Or it could be a people problem. And we got some major people problems in our lives at times. Major people problems. And those things can distract you so bad, but all you do is the same thing. Jesus, would you fix that people problem I've got? 
would you fix that problem with my boss or whatever? Because I think he's going to, I think he's going to fire me. But God, help me in the name of Jesus. And watch what happens. That thing will melt. It will turn around. It's fantastic. But anyway, nonetheless, he said he healed all sick people that were taken with divers diseases. You know what he means when he says divers diseases? It doesn't matter what you got. It makes no difference. And that's what you'll find in the scriptures. You know, there was a guy in the Bible by the name of Moses. I know you know that. Moses had a sister. His sister was named Miriam. Miriam and her brother, we got a fellow here this morning, Aaron. Okay, Miriam and Aaron pulled a blunder one time. They got to thinking, you know, Moses, remember, would you imagine? It'd be like Dustin and, uh, Dustin and Joy getting upset with Mel. Mel's supposed to take all the Israelites out of, from underneath Pharaoh. Well, Dustin would be involved in it a little bit because he was there. But then later on, Joy and Dustin got a little ticked off because God keeps dealing directly with Mel. Well, at the time, that's what God wanted to do. Anyway, one day, Dustin and Mel decided, uh, Dustin and Joy decided, we're at it with this. Anyway, so let's pull it back to the scriptures. So you have Moses, and he has a sister named Miriam, and he has a brother named Aaron. Miriam and Aaron got mad at Moses because he married a, uh-oh, a black woman. Moses. And, and they're just now thinking, you know, that's a problem. He'd been married to her for a long time. Guess what happened to Miriam? They got to murmuring about it and everything. All of a sudden, she came down with what? Leprosy. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to tell you what the Scripture says. You can look up this story for yourself. It's in Numbers. I think it's Numbers. It's 10 or 11. Right? It's in Numbers. You can't, you can't miss it. But anyway, all of a sudden, God says, everybody show up at the tabernacle. Miriam and Aaron and Moses. So they all showed up. And God, and God spoke, and he said, listen. I am going to talk to Moses right now face to face. And why are you murmuring against me, against what I'm doing right now? And all of a sudden, Miriam came down with leprosy. She just was white as snow. Aaron freaked out. He saw his sister go, just like one who was born dead, the scripture says. Her skin was just like rotten right there. Freaked out. Guess what uh, Aaron does? Aaron immediately says, Forgive us, we've acted foolishly. In other words, he didn't say, well, I guess we're toast, you know. He knew God would be merciful. Guess what brother Moses said? Moses screamed out, God, heal her now. Well, you just don't tell God that. Well, guess what he did? He did heal her. You go find out. God's only answer was, he said, well, if her father had but spit in her face, she would be out of the camp for a week. Hey, I'll take a week. Because <laughs> she was dead. She was, I mean, her skin was raw. I mean, can you imagine, women, you know this. I mean, you don't want to be yucky. You don't want to be just a, whatever's the most gross thing about a skin you could think of. You know, well, your attraction is gone. Praise God. But what happened to her? Moses even knew. Heal her now. Don't you remember the story? When God was calling Moses for the first time, he said, hey, act like Napoleon for a minute. Stick your hand where? He stuck it in here. He pulled it out. And what was it? Lepers. He said, put it back. Pull back. It was healed. And God told Moses, He said, You do that to Pharaoh, you show him that. You know. <clears throat> wow. Praise the Lord. Somehow we think, you know, if we stick our hand in there, it'll come out leprous, and we think, Well, I guess it's gonna stay this way. No, act like Moses. Heal me now. Help. And he'll do it. He will help you. You know what's interesting? The only qualification to get healed in the scriptures is to be sick. If you'll be sick, God will heal you. 
All right, back to Matthew here. So now if we go to Matthew, uh, let's see. We were reading in Matthew chapter 4, look at verse 24. His fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people. Boy, they had it backwards, didn't they? You're supposed to, hey, do you want to hear Jesus preach, or do you want to be healed? Well, they'd say, well, I want to be healed. We know the disciples had it figured out. They said, well, come on in. You, you came to the right place. Because God will talk to you about Jesus. And you can hear him a lot better when you get the pain out of the way. If you keep reading, he goes on and says, And torments, and those that were possessed with devils, and those that were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. You know what? Skepticism over the years, and you can write this down yourself, uh, there would be enough skepticism about all these people that were supposedly healed. Let me tell you, during the time of the Roman, and even further back, they were not a bunch of bozos, documents have been written on ages and ages and ages. Where's all the writings about Jesus being a fraud? Where's all the people that were supposedly healed? They go, oh, this was a joke. It was a scam. It wasn't. Do you ever wonder why there were multitudes coming to Jesus all the time? Well, here you go. Man, I mean, it didn't take long to figure this out. Now, uh, verse 25, and there followed him great multitudes. I guess so. Wow. From Galilee and from, you know, we'll just say from Auburn and from Alabama and Birmingham and from New Hope and Huntsville. That's what they were talking about. Okay, now the fifth chapter, sixth chapter, seventh chapter, it's the solace, what we like to call the Sermon on the Mount. Let's pick up in the eighth chapter and watch what happens. When he came down from the mountain, okay, great multitudes followed him and there came a leper worshipped him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Now what is a leper? Same thing that happened to Miriam, Aaron's sister, she was toast, but she got healed. Here's a leper. And notice what the leper says. And this is in Matthew, it is in Mark, and it's in Luke. It's in all three of these books, this story right here. He said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean or you can heal me. Let's see what Jesus said. Now remember, I don't need this story to tell me he's Jesus. I'm already beyond that. He's already healed multitudes and other things. I know he's the son of God. So what's this story in there for? Let me tell you something. Today... I've been to skin doctors, and I bet you you have too. You've had things removed. Thank God for it. Whatever. Later on, you'll discover, like me, I'd like to have some other things removed. But dead gum. My insurance don't cover it. <laughs> it winds up being $100 per bump. And then sometimes when you go, they'll say, we're going to analyze this, and they ship it off somewhere. And thankfully, you come back, and they'll go, well, it was not anything to worry about or whatever. But when it is something to worry about, Guess what you're going to do? You're going to worry about it. So we don't have all the answers, but I tell you what, Jesus sure has got all the help for us. So watch what happens here. Lord, if you want to, you can make me clean. Jesus put forth his... Oh my goodness. Surely he won't touch him. Let me tell you something. Jesus is not worried about your disease, even if he was in this room right now in the flesh. He would be not like, well, I just washed my hands. You know, our society, you know, we go to the, we, we'll go to the grocery store... And uh, whatever, you've seen them. People go to the grocery store and they're right next to you. <laughs> and you're like, are we in the emergency room? No. We're at Publix. I hear them, people at work. So nobody can cough at work without somebody saying, even though they're joking, you need to go home. That's contagious. You know, you're going to get this. What did Jesus do? First off, what he is. He put forth his hand and he touched him saying, I will be thou clean. Boy, that's what I want him to do if I ask him. Well, that's what he's going to do. I will be thou clean. Praise the Lord. You know what? We're supposed to be talking about heaven and our 
and our we need to be better people and what let me tell you something you get that leprosy off you and you try to go to bed at night and you're thinking how did that happen you're scratching your head and your only person you can thank is jesus let me tell you you'll be a better person and if you're not no big deal no big deal god's not worried about healing you because you deserve it or you don't he's not he's going to be merciful he is he is what it boils down to is, is are we going to ask him or not it's like he said if any man will open the door, I will come in. See, we got to say, yeah, I want your help. And what's so cool is it's an open invitation for anybody. Now watch what happens next. Well, he was clean. Clean. Oh, no, he, was, he was healed. And he said, see, you tell no one, but go your way and uh, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony of them. See, in the Old Testament, people could get leprosy and they could recover from it. And you went to the Lord and thanked the Lord for it. Watch this, verse 5. And when he was entered in Capernaum, we'll just say Arab, <clears throat> there came to him a centurion, you know, like Sarah this morning, an, an officer in the army, or going to be, saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. When are we going to get to the stuff about do unto others as, you know, you'd have them do unto you? Well, we're going to get to that. But let me tell you, if you're sick, you need help. Jesus even said this. He said, those that are well don't need a physician. It's those that are sick. And he's going to say that in the ninth chapter. We're only a few verses from that now. Look what he does here. I can't believe it, can you? Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Now, why didn't Jesus say, now look, y'all are, y'all are making me out to be a Santa Claus here. I don't always do this. See, we think that as Americans. We'll go, I don't know, I don't know, I don't want to put God in a box. Well, I do. He's already in there. He said these are his boundaries. If you're not feeling good, he'll heal you. He will. I'm just going to act like this is so. So watch what happens. So he says, I'll come and heal him. The centurion changed his mind. He says, no, wait, hold up just a second. You're a busy guy. We're on a wireless system here. We're on a what? He basically says, Jesus, just send him an email. You don't need to go there. What? You wonder if Jesus is going to heal you today. If you do what this guy does right here, it'll work for you. Now watch what Jesus says about it. He says, you know, uh, the centurion, he says, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Now let's take a minute on that one. He says, I'm not worthy, but guess what he did think he was worthy of? Healing. That's because Jesus is freely going to offer that. I mean, come on. A little toddler, let's just say one of these little ones. And let's just say Joe and Josh just don't jump up quick. They're up here, and, and, and for some reason, I don't see it. And this little one, let's say it's Grace or Evelyn, and they're fixing to fall. You guys would come over these pews to help this child. But yet, when we become adults, we think, God don't care. He don't care if we're hurting or not. Yes, he does. He does. He doesn't just want to care that you're hurting. He wants to help you. He wants to stop the pain. Don't you remember the night that Jesus was... Uh, uh, he was taking clubs and torches. Peter pulled out his sword. And he tried to help. And he cut off Malchus, the servant of the high priest's ear. Oh my gosh. Did you ever think about Malchus? Because Jesus did what? He healed him, didn't he? Well, you know, Malchus had to deal with that. Because he was going, ah! And all of a sudden, he's going, where did blood go? <laughs> I feel it. It's there, you know? Wow. Jesus doesn't ever quit. He never quit. 
Anyway, so he says, hey, look, I'm not worried that you should come under my roof. Don't come to my house. But if you'll just say, if you will just say, speak the word only, my servant will be healed. For I'm a man under authority. In other words, I'm in the army. And I have soldiers and I say, hey, do this. Mission one, do this, do this, do this. And they do it. Notice what Jesus says. Verse 10. Jesus heard it. He marveled and said, verily, verily, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. My goodness. Anyway, just skip a little bit. It's all good stuff right there. But go right to verse 13. Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self same hour right then. As you have believed. Boy, what is it I believe today? Well, let's keep on going. Watch what happened here. Verse 14, the very next verse. Jesus came unto Peter's house and he saw the mother-in-law. Oh, please. Mother-in-law. Oh, my goodness. If there's anybody Jesus won't heal, it's a mother-in-law. <laughs> well, Peter already knew the game. He was like, she's better off feeling good. And Peter said, hey, she's not doing good. Why would Peter take time to do that? Well, you know what? This is the reason we need to take time when we're not feeling good. I'm telling you, you sprain your ankle. Aaron, I don't care if you're at the basketball court. You just started and you sprain your ankle. Well, I know you do this and I know Dustin does, but some people just like, well, I guess God's trying to slow me down. Slow you down? Why didn't he just cure you? I mean, why didn't why did he, why did he choose you hurt your ankle right then? So we have all these funny beliefs. We're fixing to do something outside and all of a sudden, <laughs> thunderstorm. Oh, I guess it's God's will. Why don't you pray about the rain? All of a sudden, hey, suddenly cleared up, you know. Instead of boxing yourself in thinking that, well, all these difficulties. Man, start getting your miracles. But anyway, so here's this mother-in-law. So what happens? Oh, I know. Jesus is going to say, let's settle down a little bit. Let's wait a few days. No, Jesus doesn't settle down and wait a few days. Watch what happens. Anyway, verse 15, and he touched her and the fever left her and she ministered unto them. Well, maybe verse 16 is more character building and learning how to live for Jesus. Let me tell you, you live for Jesus because he keeps you well. Here it is again. Verse 16, when the evening was come, in other words, the same day, more stuff, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out his spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Oh, my gosh. Then verse 17, now we got some scripture fulfilling stuff. That it might be fulfilled of the prophet Isaiah. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. That our means your. Now, I want to skip ahead because we've got to close. Let's go straight to uh, Matthew chapter 10. I tell you what, Matthew 9, it's healing, healing, healing. It's, they don't ever quit. The 10th chapter, look what happened. And when he called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Man, this is getting way out of bounds here. Heal all of them? Jesus, did I hear you right? Yeah, he's going to clarify it in the next verse, or after, in just a second. After he picked, these are real people. Everybody knows you. Everybody knows the pearly gate jokes. So-and-so went to pearly gates, saw Saint who? Peter. Okay. Well, here's the list. Peter, and who else was there? Andrew, James, John, sons of Zebedee, Philip, Bartholomew, all of them, la-da-da-da-da. Okay. Go on down here to verse 5. And the twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded him, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans go ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now then what he says do, look what he says. I can't believe it. Is, it, is this what it says in your Bible, verse 8? Mine says, heal the sick. Well, Jesus, how am I going to know, I'm um, Peter, how am I going to know which ones you want me to heal? I mean, there's a trick to this, isn't it? No, Peter already figured it out. 
Even my mother-in-law, you heal everybody. And I know that mother-in-law, man, you should hear what she says about me. I mean, I, it don't make any difference. It's mercy. Look down at this next verse coming up. Well, it's in verse 8 still. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. <gasps> freely receive, freely give. See, sometimes you'll have the idea that, oh, I, I don't know what it is, but I can pray for others to get well, but somehow God doesn't want it to work on me. Oh, brother, you need to keep reading this verse and keep reading this verse and keep telling this guy right here that that's what he said. See, that's what faith is. Don't settle for no. You're going to hear no out the, out the yin-yang. I mean, you're going to always hear no. But that's not God. Let me show you a no here, and let's just see if you got turned to a yes. Let's go to the 15th chapter, and we'll stop right here. This was a definite no. I mean, this woman said, hey, I need help, and Jesus, absolutely, you can just read it. Does it get any more no than this? But guess what? It wound up being a yes. Mercy. But I tell you what she did. Look at this picture with me up here. She opened the door. She opened the door. Actually, if you ask me, according to this, she opened the door, grabbed him by the collar, and <laughs> pulled him in. It ain't going to bother Jesus. He knows you need him. Watch what happened. The 15th chapter. Uh, take it in verse 21. Jesus went thence and uh, departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Now, we don't talk that way, but we just say we left Liam's house and went over to uh, South Huntsville and we visited with somebody. Okay, that's what they did. They left somewhere. Okay. And behold, a woman of what? We'll just say Decatur. Okay. Came out of the same, uh, the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. In other words, she's got a daughter that's got real issues. Watch what happened. And, but he answered her not a word. Now, buddy, there's a no right there. <laughs> She's like, D J Jesus, did you hear me? She was even telling the disciples, said, hey, look, I need help. And the disciples said, Lord, why don't you just tell her to take a hike? Let's see if that's what happened. And his disciples besought him. In other words, they begged him, saying, look, send her away. She's bothering us. And he answered and said, I am not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, he was saying, I'm only going to help the Jews. Now, that's a no right there, buddy. But guess what? He knew what she needed. And apparently, he also knew, because he knew her. He loved her. He also knew that she probably was just going to just keep on saying, nobody helped me. Nobody helped me. Boy, she stuck her foot down this time, and she said, I have read about you in Sunday school. You have helped everybody, and you are going to help me. It's just like you've got to get to the same point when, you, when you're about to quit on your prayers. You know, some of you guys in college and you keep thinking, I'm never going to make a B or an A in this class or whatever. And I know, Sarah, you got to have, you, to stay in that nursing program, you got to, you, man, you got to have straight A's or whatever it is. Gee, I'm just never going to get there. Boy, you got to act like this. Don't ever give up. Watch what she did. And then she came in worship and saying, Lord, help me. In other words, she didn't say, well, y'all don't know how to treat a woman. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> I knew nobody could help me. I knew God don't want to help me. No, she hung in there. Look what she did. And Jesus said, it's not right or it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Now, we've heard that. We know what she's going to say. But again, does that not smell like a no to you? Man does to me. But what did she know? She knew he was merciful. And guess what? That centurion that, had a, that, that we just saw in the 8th chapter, he wasn't a Jew either. That's the reason he said, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. I'm not a Jew. Just send the email and my servant will be healed. Same thing here. So what does she say? We all know what she says. And she said, true Lord, yet the dogs get the crumbs. What did he say? He said, woman, great is your faith, be it unto thee, even as 
You will. And her daughter was made whole that very hour. And this thing goes on and on and on. And no matter what you're faced with today, I mean, do we need all these details if it was just to prove Jesus was the Christ? Why don't we just say this woman had a demon-possessed daughter and she got healed? That proves Jesus is the Savior. But we get details like this. That's because we have troubles too. We get all kinds of problems, but if we will act like this and say, you know what, Jesus, I'm pulling you in here. You said you would come in and dine with me and me with you. Revelation 3.20, I need your help today. There ain't nobody can help but you. And he'll do it. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you as well. By your stripes we're healed. You'll heal us if we're not feeling good. We're going to call you and ask you to help us. Lord, same thing's true financially. If we're having any kind of difficulty there, you'll do the same thing. And if we're facing some other challenge that it's not healing and it's not money, it's something else. But it sure is bugging us. Lord, we're asking you to get us out of that trouble too. And you'll do it. You said you would. So that didn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others what you did for us and what you're going to do and, and why you keep us smiling. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, all right. Well, we made it without a projector today. Good deal.